Morning, everybody. All right. Good morning online. It's good to see you as well. Wish you were here, but that's okay. Someday soon. Uh, it's great. Ah, my name's Jeff, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, it is a good morning. It is so great. Um, and I just, you know, I said this first service. I'm going to say it now to you that I, I just, I love our church family here. Um, it really is representative of a family. I mean, I hear and I see and I've experienced people just text messaging, emailing, um, just, can I pray for you? How are you? How's it going? Um, things like that. Can you help me move? And I, I just love how our church responds to one another, uh, whether it's moving, whether it's uh, I need some help, meals. Oh my gosh, people here can cook. And gee whiz, it's cool to see that our families get taken care of by each other uh, when they're in need and families step up and make meals for each other. It's just so amazing. That's church. That's family. That's what we're supposed to be about, and that's what we are about. I love River Heights for that. And as many of you know, my wife and I are um, in the process of planting a church out of River Heights, and so that's exciting. Um, and if you don't know what church planting is, it's not where you know, taking a little miniature church and planting it in the dirt and hope it grows. We're actually, there's a group of people that, that are from River Heights and, and some other people that we know, and we're going to plant, we're going to start another vineyard church. It's actually called Refuge Vineyard Church, and it's going to be down in the Rosemount, Apple Valley, Lakeville, Farmington area, where the four places meet. Uh, so somewhere down in there, um, but Guys, we are so excited to do that, and it's just awesome to be able to take the family atmosphere, and, the fa and we want to do that. Our team is so excited. There's, there, it, it, we're so excited to be able to, to go do what God has called us to do, and so um, I just can't wait to be able to do that uh, and take that, that down with us. Man, I love you guys. It's so great. Oh, it's just good. Um, so over the past few weeks... We have been uh, preaching through a Bible reading plan, and uh, this section of the plan focuses on Epiphany, and Epiphany is basically just saying that it's God revealing himself to us, and so you can pick up one of these reading plans uh, out in the, uh, as you walk out the doors on the slat wall to the left, you can grab them there. They're in your, your programs as well, or we do have a, a River Heights Vineyard Church app. So if you have not downloaded that, you should download that because that has a ton of stuff on it, and one of them is the Bible reading plan. So um, yeah, that has a ton of information, but I would encourage you to download that app and do that. You can read it anywhere you go, any time of the day. So uh, that would be great for you to pick those up. Now the reading plan for today that is actually in your program, it was pointed out to me, is actually supposed to be Jeremiah 17, not 15. So just just to give you a little heads up on that. Um, but man, this, this passage that we're going to talk about today uh, is just very near and dear to my heart. It's so significant in my life. Um, but before we read that, I just I really want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and just reveal himself to us today. So just come, Holy Spirit. <sighs> God, we just want to take a second. Just clear our hearts, clear our minds. Holy Spirit, come. As we hear your word today, may it just wash over us, make us clean, 
just feel refreshed. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 says this. It's Jeremiah talking to the Israelites, and he says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in a desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. It's one of my life passages. I mean, the idea of life either being a shrub in the desert or a flourishing tree means that I have a choice of how I live my life. I choose whether I'm going to seek God or if I'm going to do things on my own. It reminds me that I need to keep focused on God. You ever find yourself doing things on your own? Maybe God isn't moving fast enough or life is, it's just, I need to move things along. We do things, you ever find yourself doing that, doing things on your own without God's power, just by yourself? I remember when I was 16, that was a couple days ago, uh, but I had a newish Pontiac 6000 LE. It was white. Loved that car. It was great. So I was a sophomore at the time, and I had a girlfriend who was a senior. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal back then. And back in the day, we had, in high school, we had what's called open lunch, so we could go and eat lunch wherever, just as long as we were back in time for school to start, or time for class. So, you know, and my mom and dad, they're pretty smart people, and they said, no, you don't need to be doing that. Let's, let's not make that a habit. You just stay in, stay in school. There's no restaurants around anyway, really, that you can get to and get back in time for, which they were right. So I said, okay, yeah, we can do that. Well, my girlfriend was gone one day from school. She was at home. So I thought I'd go have lunch with her. Mom and dad will never know. She lives three minutes away. I mean, not even. So I jumped in the car. And I went to, went to her house. And on the way, you know, you're jamming to the radio. I'm switching the channel. Boom! I look in my rearview mirror. And it's like snowing in my rearview mirror. I'd hit a mailbox. And mail was everywhere. Nobody was around, so I just kept on going. Oh, so then the rest of the day, I am just freaking out. I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? What's going to happen? I'm in so much trouble. Oh, my gosh. So I think of some things. And then I, after football practice, I call my dad from school, and I say, Dad, somebody hit me in the parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, I laugh now. <laughs> and he goes, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? I go, yeah, it was just hit and run. Nobody's around. I go, oh, okay. He said, okay. So the police came and, you know, did their little in, uh, investigation and all that, made a report. And he said, you can go home now. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you. I said, okay. 
So the car's in the shop. Police report comes to my dad a couple days later. And he comes to me and my dad says, so did, did you actually, did, did somebody actually hit you in the parking lot? I said, well, yeah. I go, why? And he goes, well, your story and the police report don't match. There's no glass on the ground. There's no skid marks. There's nothing. And I go, well, I don't know what to tell you. Somebody hit and I came out and it was that way. He goes, okay. So he comes back a little bit later and he goes, are you sure somebody hits you in the parking lot? I'm like, yes. So you got to play this out now, right? We're deep, really deep. So then he comes back to me a little bit later and he goes, okay, I'm going to give you one last chance. Did, did somebody hit you in the parking lot? And I said, yeah. He goes, then why did the mechanic find a big block of wood underneath the hood of your car? I just went, oh, no. So then I told him everything. Happy at all. And uh, for about a month. And, well, let's just see. Wow, this is cutting out a lot, isn't it now? Yeah. That's all right. Well... If it does it again, we'll just use a handheld. That's fine, too. Um, but I had to, um, yeah, I had to replace the mailbox. So I had to go up. I was 16, very embarrassed. Talked to the people, gave them money, replaced it. Then my dad said, well, we need to go tell them you tell the police department that you filed a false report. I went, What? So we went down there. Little did I know that my dad was friends with the detective. And they had a little scheme of scared straight going on. So I am in an interrogation room, and it is like the movies. It's like the TV shows. Criminal Minds? Yeah. I'm sitting there, 16. What's happening? And the detective comes in and then they all have a little laugh at my expense. Ah, but that's what happens when we try to do things on our own. When we try to, to, to get out of something or try to just try to make the best of something, uh, it causes a lot of stress and anxiety and, and just a lot of worry, not just for me, but even the people involved. And it wastes a lot of time for people too. Guys, if we seek God... If we seek him out, his path will be so much smoother for us. Notice I didn't say perfect, but it would, be so much, it would have been so much better for me to just say, Dad, I messed up and I went and did that. Yeah, I would have gotten, yeah, I would have gotten a little bit. I wouldn't have been grounded for a month and taken to the police department. I would have gotten spoken to and grounded a little bit, but at the same time, it would have been a lot smoother than what I went through. That's for sure. And this passage also is just so dear to my heart because it has been brought to my mind repeatedly by the Holy Spirit after Chris and I decided, Chris is my wife, um, decided to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and uh, begin the church planning process back in August. And um, Steve Nicholson was here. He was in town doing our Holy Spirit conference. And we were meeting and we were discussing some things. And and he said, um, he stopped our conversation. He said, so have you ever thought about planting a church or, or leading one? And I said, yes, but I'm old. And I love River I love my job. I love River Heights. I love what I do. 
And he goes, well, he goes, I just, I just see the Holy Spirit all over you, and you need to go plant a church. That, the Holy Spirit is just, and this guy has been in, Steve Nicholson, he's been, I don't know, he's been in the Vineyard Church as a pastor for about 100 years, and he's just been around a long time, but he is so in tune with the Holy Spirit, and when he says stuff like that, it's like you really need to sit up and take notice, one of those type of conversations. And so um, I went home and told Chris, and, you know, shed some tears together. We prayed together a lot. And sure enough, it's like the Holy Spirit saying, it's time. It's like we just heard the word, it's time. And so um, we're excited to do it. We have a team of about 32 people, uh, some from here at River Heights and some from people that we know. Um, they're, re- they're ready to see the Holy Spirit move. And we're ready. We cannot wait to see that happen. And and I just, I saw, here's, I keep getting a picture of our, the, the, the vineyard church we're planting, the Refuge Vineyard Church, um, is I just keep seeing the roots of the church going down into the Holy Spirit. And the, the fruit that's produced by it is just never ending. I just see that constantly. This picture is brought to my mind. Just seeing people understand who they are in Christ and then go and do and become the person that God called them to be. And just seeing that that fruit produced over and over again. And it stems from River Heights. I mean, it really does. It stems from being here and the love that we show each other. And so we're excited to do that. The team is super excited and we want to see and we want to seek God's heart and because and, he's determined the path that we're going to follow. But the thing is, if we stop seeking, if you stop seeking God's heart, you are choosing to be like the shrub. If River Heights stop seeking God's heart, River Heights will become the shrub because it's not flourishing, it's not growing, its roots aren't going deep into who God is, into the Holy Spirit. But that's not the way it is. River Heights is blooming, it's blossoming, it's, I mean, it's sending us out. We are the fruit. It's cool to think of that, that, our, that Refuge Vineyard Church is the fruit of River Heights Vineyard Church. That's, I, to me, that is just mind-blowing. I just love that. I love that picture. So where does all this stem from? It really stems from what we're talking about really stems from the next two verses in Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10, um, that really are the reason for the, the previous four verses. It says this, Jeremiah says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. That's pretty stern. I mean, Jeremiah is saying the heart, the heart is so, is so sinful that he's forced to call it most deceitful and desperately wicked. Show of hands, okay, show of hands. Who here wants to be called deceitful and desperately wicked? Yeah, I put my hand down. I don't either. Nobody does, right? Nobody wants to be called that. Yet that is our basic human condition. We all suffer from a terminal illness called sin. Sin being those things that we do against God's will, the things that we do that go against the character of God. I know people, all of us have done it, right? We've all done that. Some of us still do it. We all still do it. And this sinful condition gives us heart trouble. It's a heart issue that we're talking about. How is your heart today? 
Because we can become deathly sick until we meet Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for that very reason, to save us from sin and to spend eternity with him. If you receive Jesus, there is forgiveness for sin, and we're saved from those sins. The heart, our heart is is a muscle, and when we exercise even just a little bit, it becomes healthy and vibrant, and, and it's just amazing. But when we do nothing, and we sit and eat potato chips and pizza and ice cream, it just becomes a fatty mess. And then there's a thing called visceral fat. Don't know if you know what that is. I just learned that recently. Visceral fat is the very, really bad fat that's around your organs. And when you do that, you sit and do nothing, that builds up around your heart, and then nothing can happen. And that's when we get to be a shrub. It's a heart issue. How are we exercising our heart? And without Jesus, we're lost in our sin. But through Jesus, we're made whole and complete, and only God in Jesus can we, can we do that. Yet, we still try to do things on our own. Even though we know all this, we still try to do things on our own and do it our own way. Jeremiah calls that the cursed life. Now, what does the cursed life look like? We're going to take a a, a quick look at some of these pictures of what a cursed uh, life looks like. And the first one, the first picture is trusting others to meet all of your needs. Jeremiah said, he's talking to the Israelites, and he says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength. They were always doing this. They were always putting their hope and trust in everything they have in whether it's a political leader, whether it's the Egyptians, whether it's a a golden calf, everybody, they were putting their hope and faith in everything and everyone but God. This is why Jeremiah is coming with this message to them. Guys, if you're seeking others to fill the void in your life, if you are relying on people to come to your rescue all the time, The end result is to be cursed by misplaced trust. It destabilizes who we are. It shakes our confidence in ourselves and our futures. It gives us us like a faith void. It's like a vacuum, and it's just like this big black hole just sucking everything in. And that can only be filled by the presence of Jesus Christ. Now, as much as I love my wife, uh, she was in the first service, so I, I do have room to say this, and we did talk about it ahead of time. But as much as I love my wife, she cannot fulfill all of my needs. I got to have some guy time. I need some manly time. You know, I need that. But if I look to my wife to supply that for me, I'm going to become unsatisfied, unfulfilled, angry, upset, and short-fused. That's what's going to happen if I look to her for all of that. The cursed life. Trusting others to meet all of our needs. The second picture of a cursed life is turning from the Lord. Jeremiah talks about this quite a bit, about turning our hearts away from the Lord. When you turn your heart away from the Lord, it's like, it's like somebody who's drowning and they, they refuse the help 
They say no to the help of a lifeguard who's swimming out to them with one of those life preserver things. Have you ever watched a movie that, you, that like they, every, people that need a lifeline, they get one thrown to them and they're like questioning the lifeline and then they say no. It's like, dude, just pick it up. Just take it. Oh, I find myself screaming at the TV and the movie screen all the time. It's like, come on, just pick it up and then you'll be free. But it doesn't happen. And the cursed life is one that we turn away from the very one that can save us. The only one that can save us. And God wants to reach into your life and save you today. Now, if you feel like God doesn't want you, let me tell you this. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It really is. Turn toward God and he will turn to you. The cursed life is one that trusts others to meet all of your needs, turns away from the Lord, and the last picture of a cursed life is tumbling through life without direction. This is the essence of what Jeremiah is trying to say in verse 6. Talking about the, the, the stunted shrub that, that's in the desert. I mean, if I think of this, I think of a tumbleweed. The tumbleweed in the desert that never rests because it's always just blowing and going wherever the wind blows. There's no course. There's no direction. It's just a life. It's just something blowing in the wind. And it's meaningless. It has no hope of a meaningful life. Maybe you feel like that today. Like you're a tumbleweed just thrown around all over the place. And you've been searching. You've been jumping from thing to thing, whatever it is, looking for something. And all you find is emptiness. Maybe you know somebody who's going through this right now and needs some help. They're just tumbleweeds blowing around, the stunted shrub in the desert, blowing around in the wrong direction without the guidance of the Lord. A friend of mine, Nate is his name, uh, he, he told me his testimony, and in his testimony, he said this, I've lived two ways in my life. One way I lived under my own strength. The other has been with God's guidance. I can tell you living in God's guidance is the only way to live. To live otherwise is to live in misery and pain. I don't know about you guys, but for me, the cursed life doesn't work. I'm tired of the cursed life. I'm tired, and, and, and I'm tired of, of, of feeling sometimes, like I feel this way too. I, feel, I know other people feel this way, but... I don't want my life to be defined by trusting in other people all the time. I mean, I want to be able to trust people, but to put all my trust, all my trust, everything that I have in, 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 other, people's, in other people to meet my needs or turning away from God or tumbling through life without direction, I'm tired of that. I don't want to, anybody else, I don't want, anybody want that? No, nobody does. But I love this, there, there is another option. God says in Scripture, there's, God gives us a way out, always gives us a way out. And the life surrendered to God and changed by the power of God is called the blessed life. And to me, that's worth living. And Jeremiah paints a great picture of what that looks like with that tree. And the leaves are always green. No matter what's happening around us, no matter what is going on, the, the leaves are always green always producing fruit because the roots go deep. Such a great picture. So there's three pictures of what 
a blessed life looks like. Number one is being planted in the Lord. Now, in several places in Scripture, it talks about the, the idea of a tree being planted. Like, we are like trees planted by a river, planted by a stream, roots going deep. Psalm 1 is a very good uh, example of that. And it, I, I would, it's, it's eight verses long, but I don't want to say all that. So what it basically says is the godly life is compared to a tree planted deeply in the ground near a riverbank. And that's just exactly what Jeremiah is talking about, being planted firmly in the soil. Your heart, we're back to the heart again, it's a heart issue, your heart is the soil. When we allow Jesus to be planted firmly in our hearts, the roots go deep. They seek the Holy Spirit. Soil is the key. Your heart is the key to this. And where is your heart today? How's the soil of your heart today? Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, a life devoted to things is a dead life, a stump. A God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. I don't want you to think that God gives up on the stumps because he doesn't. But all of us want a God-shaped life, right? All of us want that. I mean, who wants to be a stump? When I think of stump, I think of the signs that I see on the side of the road that say stump grinding, call this number, and then we get ground out, and then there's nothing left. That's what I think of when I think of stump. We don't want to be stumps. We want to have a God-shaped life, one that God fills, that God creates for us so that we can live for him and tell other people about him. The blessed life is a life that flourishes because it's planted in the Lord. Is your heart planted in the Lord today? The second picture of a blessed life is being protected by the Lord. Jeremiah is talking about a tree being planted by, by a riverbank And that's like our lives being firmly planted in the Lord. That's exactly the picture he's talking about. Trees aren't bothered by the heat. They're not bothered by the drought. In fact, when all if you think about this tree, it's huge, it's bearing fruit, it gives shade. And when everything else is going bad, when things are there's a drought, then people come to the shade. Interesting how God draws people in, right? We go through stuff in life where we feel like we are in a drought, whether it's relationally, spiritually, it doesn't matter. We feel like we're in a drought. But God wants us to be this tree that's planted so the leaves will always stay green. And what's really great about this is that, that we cannot be separated from the Lord. When we have our roots deep into the, into the Holy Spirit and Jesus, we've received Jesus, nothing can separate us from his love. Romans 8.38 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. We are under so much, we are just under a lot of negativity in the news and all this stuff with pandemic and everything else happening in the world. It's just negative, negative, negative. And it's just creating a lot of anxiety and stress in society and in our lives. But the promise of this verse is no matter what happens, no matter what is going on, our leaves stay green. The fruit is still happening. And there's a place and there's grace and there's a sufficient grace 
for Christ to meet us and protect us. The third picture of a blessed life is being productive for the Lord. Being productive for the Lord. I love that, being productive. And what does that look like? What does that even mean for us? How does that work? Because the leaves are staying green. No matter what is happening, we are being productive. No matter what is going on, God is moving in us. He's moving through us to do amazing work for his kingdom. And we're being productive no matter what is going on around us. And here's the thing. Maybe you're, you don't feel productive. Maybe you feel like you're in a drought. Find somebody who is, who is not in a drought. Find somebody who is in that shade to rebuild your tree and rebuild those things within you. That's why I talked about the love of our family. We are a family here. And online too, yes, we are a family. And we can come to one another and ask each other and love on each other in a lot of different ways. We're talking about fruit and and how it bears fruit and being a blessing uh, with all the produce. Chris and I were just in uh, recently in Phoenix, Arizona at a uh, we had a church planting assessment, and the neighbors of our Airbnb we were in, they had like three lemon trees, an orange tree, a tangerine tree, and being so Minnesotan, we went up to the door and knocked. Yeah, because Minnesotans don't do that, in case you didn't know that. They go in their little driveways and close the garage doors, they go in. But we walked up to the door and said, hey, can we pick some fruit? Because man, there's so many lemons. They said, oh, pick as much as you want. And we're like, Sweet. So yeah, because if they don't pick the fruit, the fruit doesn't grow again. So you got to pick the fruit. So we had fresh lemonade. We had orange. Oh man, the fruit was so good. It was so great. But in the same way as those trees gave us that awesome fruit, the Lord can and wants to make a bountiful, fruitful, fruit-bearing person in each one of us. Galatians 5, we see a description of the kinds of fruit that God produces in a bountiful fruitful person. It says this in Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We are blessed by God to be a blessing for God. He gives us these gifts so we can give them away. That makes life meaningful. And there's an eternal difference when we have both of these, when we, when we see the difference between the two lifestyles. One life is blessed by God. The other is a wasted life. And today and every day, God offers us the blessed life. Blessing is what the Lord can do in us and through us. If I could have the worship team come up, that would be great. And if y'all could stand with me too, that would be awesome. If you're able, just stand. Uh, if not, that's okay. Um, but I'd also like to call up the, uh, the prayer ministry team. Um, yeah, because, man. If you've been trained to pray and, and whatever in service, if you could come up, stand in the front, in the corners, whatever, that'd be awesome. But guys, you can, we can live this blessed life. And we can begin it today. And we can say, God, I just, 
I want to, it's almost like surrendering. It's like you're saying, God, I give up. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm really tired. My family is tired. I'm tired. You can be a blessing by acknowledging your sin as well. You can live that blessed life acknowledging your sin and trusting in God to forgive you for that. Guys, I would encourage you to choose the blessed life. It'll make an eternal difference with with who you are in Christ. And that's what we're here to do on earth, to live the blessed life that he's called us to. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for our time here this morning. God, I just pray that this would just soak into our every fiber of every being. God, that you would just continue to reveal your love to us, your love for us. God, reach down and grab. Our arms are up, and we're just saying, God, help us. Thank you, God, for reaching down and grabbing us, pulling us up. Thank you for the blessed life, the pictures of a blessed life and what that looks like. God, I pray for my family, my River Heights family. Refuge family, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to us. Thank you, Jesus. And God, I just thank you for those that maybe have never received Jesus. I pray that right now, God, that, and if this is you, it's okay to surrender and say, God, I surrender. I give it all to you. Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of tips before we leave. <clears throat> a few tips here. One is read Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10, and read Psalm 1. Um, meditate on those passages. What does that look like in your life? How's your heart doing? Pray. The second one is pray for your roots to take hold. Pray for your roots to grow deep and fruit to begin to be produced. Maybe read Galatians 5 as well as Psalm 1 and Jeremiah. Read Galatians 5, which is the fruits of the Spirit, and practice those. That's the last one. With the Holy Spirit's help, practice the gifts, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. Practice those. Guys, the prayer team is here. Don't be embarrassed. You don't have to be embarrassed to come down. We are family. When you come down, the minute you step in the aisle to come down during the next couple songs, when you come down, we are, it's like we just pray for you. Like we want to walk up with you and put our arms around you as you're walking up. But we are Minnesotan and we don't want to do that. But guys, that's the way family is. That's why we do it. So don't be embarrassed to come down and receive prayer. Don't hesitate either. If you receive Jesus today, come pray with him. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. But guys, today's a new day. It's a new day and you can start fresh today. Come down, get some prayer. And if you need prayer for anything, anything at all, healing, whatever, just come on down and pray. Love you guys. God bless.